Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. My name is Peter, um, and this is week four of the podcast and a push in a sense. Um, let's jump in. Um, oh my goodness, so many ums today. Um, anyway, to start off with the life update, this past week was really interesting. Um, it was my first week back after being sick all of the previous week. Um, so it was my first week back at cross-country practice, um, kind of doing normal things. And the beginning of the week went fine. And then Thursday came along, and I started vomiting on Thursday night. Um, and I vomited like seven times over the course of the, the night, so which was really uncomfortable and really unfortunate. Um, so I had a bit of a stomach flu for the past couple days. Which was really, um, well, I couldn't go to class on Friday, um, and I was supposed to present a speech, and it was just a big mess. Luckily, no, no permanent damage has been done to my grades, or hopefully standing with the professors, but we'll find out. Um, hopefully no damage, but it was just really annoying to be sick again, and kind of out and feeling miserable while having to do homework. So hopefully we're done with that. We won't have to have any more sicknesses. Um, I think I think I kind of passed the sickness around to the rest of my family. Like my nephew ended up with the fever I had a couple weeks ago, and the, my other sister and her husband ended up throwing up right after I did. So maybe I passed it around. Maybe it's just in the air. I don't really know what's going on. Um, but hopefully we're done with the sicknesses. We can move forward a little bit sm more smoothly now. Um, and that'll be the norm going forward. So, I laid in bed most of the end of the weekend slash weekend. Um, but I would say otherwise school's going pretty well for me. Um, I've missed the past two cross-country meets because I've been totally destroyed and on the couch sick. So I haven't been able to run. Um, and this past week was a little bit tricky, being back at practice after not running for a week because I had such a high fever. It was just, it was hard to be in a place where I felt like I was having to retrain to be able to train. Um, and at the, at like week five in the season, that was a little bit discouraging to have to go through. But in the end, we're just going to keep moving forward, training with where we're at, keep working, trying to get those times down, all that kind of stuff. Um, so as much as it was tricky at the same time, it was also just kind of a, a good reminder and Sometimes you don't get what you want, and sometimes you have to adapt. Um, um yeah, so, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. But, um, anyway, otherwise, um, I also missed a bunch of other things, and it was, anyway, kind of a depressing life update, I know, but in the end, I think it's all, it's all for good. I'm learning how to do school and, you know, function while not functioning. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and move into the study tip section of this week's podcast. Um, I, I want to talk about three things this week, and I'll try and be brief. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is the short answer question. Um, that I know that was something that I talked about a little bit um, last time. But I want to go a little bit deeper on that. Um, and when I'm going deeper, you're going to be like, wow, he does not, he does not actually say anything. Like, this doesn't mean anything. I already knew this. 
Um, but that's because the short answer question is actually a really simple part of the exam. Um, and that's why we don't focus on it so much in Mrs. Richmond's class, because there really isn't that much there. Um, the short answer question, as you know, is going to be, it's a question, and then it's laid out into several different steps, like A, B, C, D, etc. And each of those questions asks you to do a different thing, like describe, or compare and contrast, or explain, etc. So for each of those sections, um, what, what you do is you write a very simple formula. Very, it's a very simple format where you write a defensible, defensible, a defensible argument, and then you back that up with your pieces of evidence. Um, so for example, it could be something about um, the development of the slave trade. And so you would say, the development of the slave trade was caused by, say this is a causation question, it was caused by X, this thing. And then you're going to say, and this can be proved by, you know, in your next sentence, you're going to say this can be proved by blah, this point, this point, and this thing, okay? Um, so it's, it's actually really simple. There's not a lot you have to do. Um, you're just going to make a defensible argument, and then you're going to defend it with your evidence. Um, so you really only need two to three sentences for each of those sub-questions, that A, B, C, D sort of format. Um, and that's all you have to do. Um, on the on the test exam itself, on the AP exam, you don't get a lot of time, and you don't get a lot of space to write on. So you want to be as efficient as possible, you want to answer the question, you want to do it thoroughly, but you're not here to tell stories, um, you're not going to contextualize like you would in an essay. Um, so all that kind of stuff is just gets thrown out the window with a short answer question, and your basic, it basically comes down to thesis, and here's my evidence. So... Moving on from the short answer question, um, the second thing I want to talk about today is the document-based question. Um, I know this past week we did the DBQ warm-up, the DBQ woo. Um, I always liked those assignments. I thought they were really fun. Um, but if you don't, you might like the DBQ better because real exam prep. I don't know. Anyway, so document-based question. Um, it's another exam-style essay, similar to the long essay question. So on the exam you'll have the long essay question and the DBQ, the document-based question. Those are the two essays you're going to write. Um, and the document-based question is based on a stimulus. So there's going to be a prompt, and then there's going to be, um, I think there's generally around eight-ish pieces of evidence, basically. So there are excerpts from, you know, it could be anything from a novel to a news article. It, it, it can be almost anything um, that's contemporaneous with the, the prompt, with the question. So... Um, the DBQ is really about how you are able to defend your argument using these sources, okay? And this is something I really want to stress, is that the long essay question and the document-based question are not that different. There's not a big difference in how you're going to write the essay. Um, the long essay question requires you to know stuff. That's basically it. Like, you have to come up with your own evidence to defend your argument. The document-based question they give you evidence to use in defending your argument. I mean, how fun is that? Like, they just do have to work for you. Um, so, so basically, the document-based question is you making an argument and defending it with the evidence they gave you. Um, so the prompts are generally open-ended enough so that you can make several different arguments about the topic and use the same pieces of evidence to defend those arguments. So obviously the trick here is to be able to, to, to come up with an argument in the first place. And once you've got that down, to then, to then think about the evidence 
and then use that evidence to incorporate that evidence into your argument. And that's really the key of learning to write a DBQ is learning how to not make an argument based on the evidence, but to use the evidence to make your argument. Um, I don't. One of the common pitfalls with the DBQ is summaries. <laughs> like this, this document says blank. So we should all believe blank. Um, that's not no. That's not what you want to say. You should be saying this is this is the fact. This is true, and this is true because this document says I'm right. That's the kind of format we're going for. Um, so often I, I've read so many so many essays. Um, so many DBQs, which is like, document B says this. And or, it'll even just be like, this event happened. And, you know, it'll be like, okay, I don't think anyone's arguing with you. Like, this is a fact. We know this event happened. What's your argument? Um, and they'll so they'll say something, you know, they'll say, this event happened. And this document proves that this event happened. Yes, well, we know. Like, we know. <laughs> That's, no, that's not a good DBQ. Um, you want a defensible argument, which you're going to defend with the provided evidence. So, um, first shot at the DBQ this week. It's the first one. Um, plan out a structure ahead of time in your in your head at least. Like, you know, this first paragraph is going to be focused on the contextualization point, and I'm going to add in my thesis, you know? Um, and that's where using that rubric really is going to come in handy because you're going to want to structure your, your paper, you know, like paragraph wise around that rubric and making sure you're you're getting all of the points there um so that's definitely um a, a start for the dbq um obviously mrs richmond um ta's um hello ta's and myself will have more feedback for you as time goes on um but i really 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 cannot stress enough please make an argument um we don't need you to summarize the documents the exam readers are not going to be looking for that. Um, and again, just with, with exam style essays in general, just have that long-term mentality of, I'm, I'm learning this so I can write it on the exam. Um, so I can write it pencil and paper so I can be able to come up with an argument in the small amount of time that I'm going to be given on exam day. Um, and obviously, at this for this first one, please don't. <laughs> like, please don't write the whole thing in 45 minutes. Um, for now, we're going quality over quickness. Haha, <laughs> I just made that up on the spot. Quality over quickness, guys. Um, yes, so please focus on the content, not on the exam conditions for now, but just have that, that, that thought in the back of your head of, is this an argument that I could make based on the documents and the prompt without doing any Google searching or looking in the op or something like that? Because um, you won't be able to do that on exam day. You really, you just won't. Um, so just have that in the back of your head. Okay, last thing I want to cover really quick is National History Day. Uh, I just want to go back around to that because um, that's something that I definitely have a little bit more <laughs> expertise. You know, like a world-renowned expert in National History Day. Um, no, not at all. Um, but you have your first, I guess, I guess it's second check-in coming up on the 20th of September. I think that's this t Tuesday, this Tuesday. Um, yeah, pick, just pick a topic, guys. Um, I'm sure all of you at this point have looked around the website, uh, the National History website, and you've looked at the different formats. Um, I would say it's more important to pick a format than it is to pick a topic. And I know someone's going to hate me for saying that, but 
It's true. Um, because the format that you pick very much informs your topic. Um, so if you're thinking of doing a presentation, um, picking a topic that involves a group of 12 men and it's just you, that's going to be really confusing. You know, so if you were to pick robber barons, maybe you could pull that off, but it would probably still be really confusing for the audience. So definitely pick your format first and then your topic. Um, I know for a fact that most of you will be writing research papers. That's lame. Don't do that. <laughs> Not that I have anything against research papers. I just have, okay, why did I say that? I have something against research papers and that it's, I think they're boring. So don't do that. Pick, an, pick a topic which engages with your audience or pick a format which engages with your audience rather. Um, and if a research paper is where you think you're do your best work, go for it. Um, there's no stigma here against that. Um, but just pick something that you know is going to stretch you a little bit. Um, for me, I, I hate theater. Um, I have a passion like for not being on stage in that sense. Um, because I think it's really dorky and very awkward, but I've done performances for history Day in the past and, um, kind of pat myself on the back. They haven't been too bad. Um, so I would definitely, definitely recommend stretching yourself. Just, just stretch yourself a little bit. So if, if, you know, performance is way outside of your comfort zone, then maybe think about doing a documentary um, where your just your voice is going to be heard and it's not going to be, you know, your whole body, just your voice disembodied from your body. <laughs> um, so think about your format. Um, definitely get that solidified. Um, and once you have that, think about a topic that would fit well into that format and also one that interests you, obviously. Um, Mrs. Richmond definitely has more like topic picking guidelines available on, um, on the website. Um, but pick a topic that interests you because you are going to have to deal with it all year long. Um, so if it's something you couldn't care less about, your topic, your project is going to come through as something you can't care, you couldn't care less about. So definitely pick a topic that interests you, pick your format first, um, and don't be afraid to stretch yourself a little bit in this. All right, I think that's all I have for you today. Um, you guys have an amazing week and keep pushing forward.